All right. Uh, we're talking with David Brinkman. David is the CEO of Desert Aids Project, located in Palm Springs, California. And DAP is a humanitarian healthcare organization that has been maximizing human potential for 36 years and playing a large role in the LGBTQ plus health equality. LGBT Pride in Palm Springs happens each November, and like its counterparts in other cities around the world, the celebration is an important self-affirmation for LGBTQ plus individuals in their sense of dignity and value, while reminding our community of the important equity work that remains to be accomplished. You know, we normally gather for a festival and a parade, meeting friends, and listening to each other's stories of hope and resilience, but COVID has taken this year's event in a more virtual direction. And we've wondered what the absence of affirming storytelling might be having in our LGBTQ community. So we thought we'd share one story and invite listeners to share theirs to keep the conversation going. So after this uh, conversation, use the hashtag MyPrideStory. Share yours on social media to inspire someone who needs to hear it. Uh, David, thanks for agreeing to share your personal story in this special Pridecast edition of DAP Talks. Uh, would you like to begin the conversation with preferred pronouns? Sure. Uh, thank you, Stephen. My pronouns are he, his, and him. Thank you. So this is Palm Springs Pride's 34th year. It started in 1986. Can you remember your first Pride celebration and how it made you feel? Yes. Uh, my first Pride celebration was in Portland, Oregon, when I left the Midwest and moved out uh, to the West Coast for undergrad. The college I went to was a college full of activists, and we had a great LGBT student organization, and we celebrated Pride throughout campus each year. I had never been in an environment that embraced the LGBT community, that celebrated Pride, and for me it was almost like being on another planet. Uh, I just can't uh, explain how freeing and joyful it felt to be in a community, finally, that embraced me. Yeah. You know, we know LGBTQ people have always been a major part of the Coachella Valley, and they've always rolled up their sleeves during tough times to help the greater good. What have you uh, seen from the community during COVID that's made you feel especially proud? The LGBT community in the Coachella Valley has come together to support efforts to care for all people, especially the most marginalized members of our community during COVID. I have seen this come through with countless donations from donors, uh, with countless hours of time through volunteers and extremely hard work of our staff. And it's been a beautiful thing. This year, we anticipated caring for 7,000 members of our community, and we have added another 4,000 on top of that already this year, and it's because of the support of this incredible community, caring about others. It's amazing. You know, we talk a lot about the power of storytelling and how someone sharing their authentic self can empower others. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what your experience was growing up? You know, I grew up in a rural part of the United States uh, where the values were values that were portrayed on the Beaver Cleaver show from the 50s, and it really had not uh, embraced the LGBT movement at all. I can remember in high school, uh, one of my girlfriend's fathers was a gay man, and uh, he and his lover lived in another part of the country, and she lived with her mom. 
And just knowing that there was another gay man out there and that he was having a fulfilled life with a partner gave me endless opportunity to daydream about what life could be like as an adult. But short of that uh, small exposure, my growing up was very isolated and filled with fears and stories that I created about what it was going to be like to be an, an LGBT adult. I knew one thing, and that was as soon as I could, I needed to get out of my small town and find my community. And you, uh, you had an interesting first job after college. Tell me about that, and tell me what that experience taught you. So, my first job after college uh, was that of a condom fairy, and um, it was an extraordinary experience. It was at Cascade AIDS Project in Portland, Oregon, and my job was to go to all the parks uh, that gay men were meeting at, to connect in Portland to the bars, uh, the gay bars, and then the one bathhouse in town wearing a uh, fanny pack filled with condoms and lubes. Um, it was the early 90s, and we didn't have good HIV medications then. And my role was to educate people about the importance of condom use, encourage people uh, to use condoms. And, um, you know, I used my youth, I used my personality to engage people who otherwise were wondering what I was doing, showing up next to them as they were having a beer, and engage them as a health educator. Uh, it taught me an awful lot that I still apply at my work at DAP today. So, you know, I think when, uh, when I was growing up, I was always looking for examples, and I don't think I really knew what was going to happen in my life. But what did your life experience, how did it guide you to the work you're doing today? And I guess what I'm wondering about for someone who's listening to this is, how far into your own coming out story were you before you could visualize the impact you wanted to make in the world? So the work I do today is really based on the values that my mother and father gave me as a young person. They were always uh, stressed the importance of giving back. And I think, you know, we didn't use the word privilege then, but my parents really recognized how fortunate we were to be uh, living in the United States, having access to education, my parents having good and stable jobs. And my mom, I, in particular, always said to me, like, it doesn't really matter how much you earn uh, in life. That's not what's important. You're, what is important is what is your ability to give back to others who do not have all the, I use the word privilege, that you have. And so I always knew that giving back equated to happiness and fulfillment and that I would choose a career path uh, that was aligned with that. I didn't know that I would work in the LGBT community or in the HIV community. That all unfolded as I got a little bit older and HIV uh, became a global pandemic and then the LGBT human rights movement spilled out of it. So, talking about human rights, uh, you know, we're in a COVID pandemic, and I think equality and equity is on the top of everyone's mind right now. You know, equality means um, everyone having the same opportunities, but health equity means everyone having the opportunity to be as healthy as they can be, according to each individual's needs. Can you share about how far we've come in addressing the unique needs of the LGBTQ community at DAP, 
And can you share about what ignoring those needs has caused in other communities that you see around us? I think everybody can remember a time when they went to a doctor's office and this person with a lot of power in our culture was not culturally competent to serve you as a member of the LGBT community. And in fact, chances are, if you had an experience like mine, it was a very fearful power dynamic for you. And you certainly, at least I certainly, wasn't going to share my status as a member of the LGBT community in that office. And for that, that is a really uh, sterile experience of feeling like other. And DAP has done such a beautiful job because it was created by the LGBT community to become culturally competent, particularly in serving gay and bisexual men, and as time has passed, of the transgender community. We have work to do in serving our lesbian sisters. As we all know, the lesbian community was the community that saved gay men who were dying of HIV. They were the people who were feeding us and caring for us in the 80s. But as somebody who experienced that scenario I described, I can only assume that other communities who live on the margin, who do not have cultural competence in their healthcare provider, feel like the other and are suffering. Their physical health and mental health is suffering because of it. Um, and DAP has such an opportunity to pay that forward. Yeah, speaking of that, I mean, we sometimes need to look back to lean forward. When you consider DAP's and the LGBT community's history, how do you see the organization leaning forward to play a role in health justice for other underserved communities? You know, I always say to members of our community, if you survive the AIDS crisis and you made it through the LGBT human rights movement, you have your finger on the pulse of very recent human rights work and healthcare justice work, and that needs to be paid forward immediately in this world. There are so many people who are suffering in our world today who could benefit from the lessons that we learned, or learned rather, in the last several decades of our lives. And really, our lives today, the privilege that we have gained, uh, needs to be paid forward. So parting pride thought, and this is, you know, why we wanted to have this conversation. You know, there's people listening to this uh, who may be at a different place, struggling to express their authentic selves. Um, if they're listening to this instead of being able to go to a pride parade or a pride festival, what would you want them to know? Number one, I know exactly what it feels like. I grew up in a small Midwestern rural community where it was not safe to be myself. Um, number two, find somebody that you love and trust to come out to. As soon as you start that process of being your authentic self, you will find the door starting to open for you. You will find a sense of self-worth, a sense of love that you don't even know exists in the closet of the LGBT community. Start that process where you can be your authentic self. Start it slowly and safely and watch the world unfold for you. Thank you. We've been talking to David Brinkman, the CEO of Desert AIDS Project. If you want to learn more about the vital work being done at Desert AIDS Project, you can go to desertaidsproject.org. 
uh, and explore all of the social media spaces that exist around this vital organization in Greater Palm Springs. Happy Pride, everybody. Thank you, Stephen.